Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to another brand new live episode of the Geek Buddies. (laughs) We are back here on a fun, uh, what would you say this, Thursday afternoon, evening, morning, depending on where you're at in the world. And we're uh, we're live uh, doing a special live Q&A this week. Uh, as you notice, one of our members is missing, and that is uh, the great Michael Vogel. He is roaming the halls of Europe uh, doing God knows what. And uh, so we decided we'd reach out to one of our favorite guests uh, on the Geek Buddies and ask if she has time to hang out with us. And you know what? She said yes, fresh from her trip to Mexico. Shout out to the host or a co-host, I guess you would say, of Force Toes Pod, the co-host of the Jedi Way a Schmodown Star Wars superstar and someone who you can go to for all your all your Star Wars celebration needs and tips nowadays, the great Laura Kelly. Laura, how are you? Oh, thank you. I'm amazing, especially for that amazing introduction. I feel awesome now. Let's do this. <laughs> That's right. Let's do this. Absolutely. Shannon McClung, how are you? I'm okay, Johnny. As we were talking uh, uh, off air just now, I just yeah. got out of a screening of uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. How's that working out for you? You know, I, 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 as I was saying, um, this is the most I've enjoyed one of the Fantastic Beasts movie, even though uh, movies, even though there were large, <laughs> large sections that I was like, because I don't remember the second movie at all. I just remember right, it not right. being not very good. Yeah. Um, so there are large sections of the plot that I'm like, I think they're talking about something that happened before. <laughs> ah, it's fine. It's fine. I'll catch, um, up. I'll catch up. Yeah, yeah. Cast wise, production wise, it's beautiful. Everyone did a great job. Uh, nice. And I'm curious now to see the. I'm actually curious to see the fourth movie. If there's going to be a fourth movie, we'll find out with the box office on Monday. Yeah, 
there's supposed to be two more entries to this franchise at this point. So who knows, as you said, depending on the box office, depending on the reactions, we'll see if there's going to be more uh, of these Fantastic Beasts films. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll have a review or something about it later on in the, uh, down the road with the Geek Buddies for sure once. Once our intrepid Michael Vogel, our world traveler, comes back uh, from uh, <laughs> overseas. Shannon is a writer. Uh, he's an actor. He's, uh, he's going, going to be a showrunner probably very soon, a producer as well. I'm a writer, producer, and host here. Uh, my name is John Rogue. If you're tuning into the Geek Buddies for the first time, we appreciate you all hanging out with us. And we really appreciate Carbon Health once again continuing their sponsorship with us. We just signed the contract today. They are back on board. For another three months sponsoring the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. So thank you hey. so much to Carbon Health. They are a place you need to go to for all your healthcare needs. A one-stop place. Go to CarbonHealth.com. They've got 100-plus locations all over this country. They've got 50-plus of fifty plus locations in California alone. That's a, biggest, that's a big state. There's a lot of you out there who listen to us from various parts of California. Go and get checked out. Go and get your physical. Don't do that stupid man shit where you ignore that pain in your body. Go and get it checked out. And look, COVID cases are on the rise again, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, know if you saw, I don't want to bring anybody down, but if you saw the news this morning. COVID cases are ticking back up again as this new variant is spreading. So, hey, you want to get tested? They do COVID testing as well. They've done over 2 million tests uh, 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 um, total there over uh, at uh, Carbon Health. So definitely go and check them out. For all, your, for all your healthcare needs, and they believe in setting you up with a physician who is always checking up on you to make sure you're good to go. Laura, you've had experiences you know, with physical ailments in your life. You know that it's important to have the right person in your corner for healthcare needs. It absolutely is. Yeah, and that's so great that you've signed another contract with Carbon Health. That's so fun to have them back on, and that's wild. Two million COVID tests. Good for them. <laughs> I've had experience with those two, so yay. <laughs> Shannon, any thoughts on your end as you're getting older here? Oh my gosh, you don't need to remind me. Hey, hey now. <laughs> there actually is, uh, you know, for the, the place that I moved just, you know, a few months ago, there actually is a Carbon Health right by our Sprouts grocery store. So every time I walk past there, I'm pretty healthy, but I'm kind of <laughs> like, hey, if things go south, I can go right here. <laughs> well, real quick tidbit, the where I've been hosting the shows for Hollywood Critics Association is literally three minutes from that Sprouts. I've gotten a couple of slices of pizza from that Sprouts. That's some good stuff. And I see that Carbon Health with the wood sign there. It's a nice looking Carbon Health. In Woodland I've, Hills? Yes, Woodland Hills. Yes, that's where we shoot. So, Oh, boy, my wife is going to have words for you then. Oh, wow. What did I do now? Oh, she my asked me last night, like, like he's he's been coming up to host this show and i yeah. said yeah and she goes i can't believe he hasn't reached out and i'm like well they're probably recording down in hollywood or santa no, monica no. that's really far for her to find out which she's gonna find out oh, great. that you've been three minutes away and did not want to uh, uh grab a beverage no, or grab no, a meal no she, she'll be very upset no one said it did not want to well, i have responsibilities back at this house and it's a three and a half hour drive, and I'd rather get back on the road as soon as possible. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take the heat. I'll You're take in trouble. Yeah, that's all right. Not the first time I've been in trouble with someone's significant other. Okay. Anyway, so we got over 120 of you all watching us right now. Thank you so much right off the bat. Please hit a like as we go along. We are live, so you can start sending in your super chats and your stream labs because this is a live QA episode. You see the Streamlabs address right there on the screen, or it should be on the screen, but I will absolutely put it there in the chat as well for you all to do. And it's also in the description of this video. Send in your Streamlabs and your Super Chat questions. We will get to the Q&A section of the show in just a little bit. We're going to talk about some subjects first. You know how the Geek Buddies work if uh, you've been with us for a while. If not, if you're new and you're trying this out, 
Here's how it works. Each of us presents a segment. We talk about it amongst ourselves. Then we get into our main topic. And our main topic this week is you. All your questions, all your thoughts, all your comments that you want to hear our two cents on. And really adding Laura Kelly to the mix, our three cents on to give you our ideas and our perceptions and our points of views on those questions. All right. So let's get it going. Shannon McClung, I think you're starting us off this week. Do it. I am with trailer. Just one. No. All right. After after multiple teases, we finally get a proper trailer for Stranger Things season four. And this thing was massive. I yeah. mean, we're talking like it was over three minutes. So it, you know, it has a, a, a great journey song. You're getting to we're getting to catch up with uh all of our favorite characters, you know, Hopper. Still, it looks like he's still in Siberia. The buyers are in California with 11. Looks like Lucas is uh, playing on the high school basketball team. Really, really fun to just, you know, catch up with all these characters, especially because, yeah. you know, they're all, you know, with the exception of Winona Ryder and uh, David Harbour, they're kids. And yeah. we've like watched these kids grow up and you you get the sense that something really bad is on the horizon as uh, as uh, Paul Paul Reiser is uh, talking with Millie Bobby Brown saying you know there's a war coming and if it, it, you know if you if you don't have your powers we're not going to stand a chance yeah. really really exciting trailer but I'll throw it over to you all what did you all think of that massive trailer for Stranger Things season 4 yeah Laura Laura Kelly three and a half minute trailer a lot was presented the new big bad which essentially may be the overall big bad of this entire series was presented here they're all in different locations they're growing up they're in high school they're playing basketball uh, 11 is trying to uh you know be a part of the populace and try to be a normal kid uh all this stuff is happening here then you've got haunted ha- haunted houses demon gorgon bats like well, what are your thoughts about this entire trailer did you like this and were you like kind of maybe done with your stranger things fandom a little bit wondering where they were gonna go next or does this get you back into it no, this definitely got me excited and got me back into it. And, you know, it, this really has been such a pleasure getting to watch these kids grow up on screen. Mm. I mean, I, I had to look this up, but I think Millie Bobby Brown was probably 11 when they made or when they made the first season of the show, 11 or 12 years old. She's 18 years old now. Yeah, like she's a full grown adult. I mean, it's it's just wild. And this trailer got me really excited for it because but I think the the main thing that it did was alert me to the fact that I remember absolutely nothing about what happened <laughs> in season three. So I actually sat and watched the season three finale oh. last night just to sort of get a refresher and figure out kind of where we were picking back up. Um, yeah. And that actually that helped a lot. Um, but I, I, I kind of forgot that the whole reveal about Hopper was not actually like a post credit scene in season four that was like a totally separate thing that they yeah. revealed later there was just so much that i forgot so going back and doing a rewatch i think at this point we've got hopefully plenty of time to sit and go back and rewatch what eight or nine episodes of season three yeah. um the recaps on netflix i think are a little bit useless yeah. um they tend to not be very helpful and so i think actually sitting and rewatching this is going to be really valuable because there was a lot to remember. And I think the best part about going back and rewatching that season three finale was the reminder of uh, Erica Sinclair, uh, the younger sister of Jonathan, I think was his name. Yeah. She was, I think she was introduced in season two and she is, I forgot how much she was just the most delightful part of this show ever since she came onto it. She's just so funny and so naturally comedically gifted and she's a pleasure to watch. So I, there's a lot of, I think, value in going back and watching. But yeah. this trailer, yeah, it, it did have 
quite a bit of, of content to digest. Yeah, I absolutely love the trailer. And in fact, I, I'll recommend to people who are watching or listening to us right now, if you're listening to us later on the podcast stream, go to IGN and watch the 16-minute video of the Duffer Brothers breaking down their own trailer that was released. The three-and-a-half-minute trailer, they break it down and explain to you what their concept is, what their process is, the idea of them wanting to have a haunted house uh, because that was kind of a big deal in the 1980s. They've always wanted to have a haunted house type thing, so they put that in here. Uh, the dude who is stretching his hands out like that, you get a quick shot of him. He's apparently the dungeon master of some kind. I mean, you've got uh, metal, full metal. I mean, you got, uh, sorry, uh, uh, you know, uh, guitars there, metal guitars going crazy. You've got Journey, great version of Separate Ways, kind of removing some of the uh, some of the music there to kind of just have Steve, Steve Perry's vocal all through it. You've got the kid, and they said in the description or in their conversation about it that this is their Game of Thrones season because everyone is in different places and they have to slowly find their ways to each other by the end of the season. And it seems like, as we saw in the trailer, that um, at some point, Eleven is going to have to get her powers back. And if she does, because I mean, you see Paul Reiser saying, We can't do it without you, we need you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that kind of thing leans, lends itself to believe that uh, Eleven's going to need her powers back. Then what is that going to mean when she gets her powers back? And the thing they said cryptically in the description or in their conversation was that not everyone gets out alive. So I don't know what that means here for the show going forward. I mean, somebody I, dies, John. Yeah, well, fair enough. I don't know who likes it. That's a good point. That's a good, well, they don't call him the best color man for nothing, folks. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, but it was great to see the beginning here with uh, Sadie Sink, who plays Max, uh, kind of over the grave there and talking uh, um, uh, and, and kind of, you know, reliving that situation. Then all of a sudden you see her like kind of jacked up in the sky, which is really insane. It says every ending has a beginning. What does that mean? So there's so much here that was fun to digest. And I felt like I was kind of at the end of my Stranger Things fandom by the end of last season, Shannon, and then... Um, <laughs> And then this came along and this I'm like, okay, this is how you get people to grow with the show, right? These kids are now teenagers, so they're going to be into heavy metal. They're going to be into these ex they're going to be into darker things. They're going to be uh, they're going to be able to see things that are a little even more scarier than they did when they were in middle school. Their 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 doors of perception are going to be more wide open to consume darker stuff, scarier stuff. So, I think this may be the most insane season yet and uh, the one more thing the Duffer Brothers said is they wanted this season to be not only their Game of Thrones season, but their horror season as well, like really dialing in to the horror. So, Shannon, your thoughts on this trailer? I mean, you know, I thought it was great. And I think yeah. the, the fact that they are touching on these sort of 80s tropes, how mm -hmm. in season one it was it was D&D. Um, I don't really, really remember S season two was my least favorite of, of, of the Stranger Things seasons, okay. but season three was the mall. Mm -hmm. And strange in season right. four, now we're getting the haunted house. I mean, season two, Sean Astin was a delight and couldn't believe his fate at, uh, you know, at the end of that season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really, really strong. And that's one of the things like with, with the pandemic is shows that haven't been on for years Yeah, um, that we're finally, we're finally getting that follow-up season. Like, you know, we were talking about Barry before. Yeah. Now, it's been like three years yes. since we've since we've seen an episode of Barry. My wife and I are going back and watching season two now to kind of, you know, brush up for it. Of course. But, um, you know, Stranger Things season one, you know, that was that was something that really kicked Netflix's original programming into high gear. 
Yeah. And because that was several years ago now. And now, you know, Netflix is just this, you know, streaming powerhouse. But to see them be able to come back to one of their flagship franchises. And again, you're watching these kids grow up on screen. I mean, it's it it looks like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be a blast. And whatever that uh, uh, Demi Gorgon, big boss, you know, the the dude in makeup, um, you know, Super, super exciting. And the fact that this is coming out on May 27th, this is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. This is typically a very, very big weekend for cinemas that that's how um, confident Netflix is with Stranger Things. Is like, you know what? Let's release it on Memorial Day. I think that's well, awesome. Laura Kelly, it's coming out the same weekend as Kenobi. What it is the weekend of Star Wars celebration. We're all just going to be like, what? Hold up in our rooms in the evening? Probably. We probably are. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's OK. It, that's all right. That's what we do. And it'll be fun. But I think the great thing about this show is that it seems to have sort of like kept that sort of I don't want to say innocence. Maybe that's not the right word, but I, they're really staying true to their roots, I think, in this show. And I'm very much looking forward to to diving back into season four probably after star wars celebration to be honest <laughs> second round of pizzas in laura's place uh, laura's room to uh, watch these uh, stranger things episodes yeah no it's a great point you bring up laura i, I, I don't know if innocence is the, the the heroic nature of these characters i think is retained i think that's what i think you're trying to say the heroic nature of these characters here is definitely retained and we get you know that every season there's a new thing for them to battle and somehow just like the avengers the cast keeps increasing yet they still find enough for everybody to do to stand out. I love that uh, Amaya Hawk, I think is the actress's name, Ethan Hawke's daughter and uh, uh, Uma Thurman's daughter. It's great to see her. She looks older. She looks a little more like, okay, I'm no longer wearing that uh, clothes for the ice cream shop. Like there's a whole nother approach that she has. Everyone is older. Everyone is grabbing onto what the, what they're becoming. And so it's going to be fascinating to see how they work their way through high school with all this, not this craziness, you know? And with it coming out on May 27th, depending, um, if if you live close to Southern California or Central oh. Florida, um, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights has had Stranger Things mazes oh, yeah. in the past. Good point. And my guess is because there will be about five months in between in between the uh, uh, release of the series and Halloween Horror Nights that, that yeah. more than likely, I bet Stranger Things is going to make a return to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, wow. But you haven't heard anything. You can't say. Not officially. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm not in the room for those conversations. I am a a mere performer. Uh Oh, yeah. Okay. Like LeBron James. I don't have anything to do with the lineups. I never decided anything. No, I feel like you're there. I feel like you're part of it. You've been on for 20 years in that place. I feel like you hear things in the wind for sure yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um uh, going forward but uh laura kelly i think you have our next story here something possibly fun is coming uh this is a fourth season of stranger things is there another season of another property possibly coming what do you got it sounds like there is so this is rumor at this point Cinelings posted this earlier this week but it sounds like star wars visions is kicking up for another season potentially early this year i think you know we all we can all agree this was fairly successful its first go around i think it was very well received for the most part so i think a season two is inevitable but the fact that we might be getting it later this year is a huge surprise given all of the things that we already have going we've already had boba fett we've got kenobi coming we've got Andor book or i'm sorry the uh the bad batch season two um and then more mandalorian later this year that's a lot for one year for star wars we know they tend to not churn out content at the same sort of level that marvel does but the fact that we've got so much coming this year is really exciting but yes the fact that the we might be getting more star wars visions there's talk of 
bringing back some of the same creators from the first season, potentially bringing in some new ones. It's not clear whether or not we would get any sort of like sequels to some of the first stories that we saw in season one. There was a rumor a while back that one of the directors of one of the shorts wanted, like already had ideas for what he wanted to do for a sequel and he wanted to do a full feature. If I, if I remember, but beyond that, this is sort of just a rumor. Uh, Jordan Mason from from Cinelinks tends to be right, I think, more often than he's wrong. So I have good faith that this is this might be coming soon. Um, but this is this is really exciting. I mean, we talked about this on on the Jedi Way, if I recall, John. Yeah. I think we each had you know we each had different favorites, which was fun of the of the first season of this show. But I wanted to ask you, Shannon, did you watch Star Wars Visions? You know, I saw about a third of it. Mm. Um, I saw the first three episodes. The duel, I really, really liked. Yes. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody, I did not connect to mm. at That's all. Fair. And the twins kind of got me off the show. Oh, wow. Um, really? oh. Okay. Yeah, well, also, like, I'm not, I'm not an anime guy. I mean, I lived in Japan for two years. I, I, you know, I saw how much, you know, it has affected that culture and how people love it over there, anime and manga. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things that doesn't really connect with me. And while, I mean, I may go back at some point and finish season one. I mean, it's not it's not on the docket. I mean, there's just, we have so much content out yeah. there. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day. Um, but what I like is the fact that, you know, like Kurosawa was a big influence on Star Wars and Star Wars has now become an influence on anime. Like mm. I, I love to see sort of the proliferation of the brand. Um, so while it may not be the thing for me, I love how much people love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, as Lauren mentioned, like I think it was our first episode back after we'd taken a bit of time off uh, was to talk about Star Wars visions. And I loved it. I loved it uh, from top to bottom. Did I like everything in there? No, of course not. But I liked that it challenged me as a viewer. I liked that it pushed me out into the outer rim, so to speak, of of the of the of what the brand can do, what the franchise can do. And one of the things I, I've been saying for years since I got into this business when it came to Star Wars is I wanted to see new perspectives, new points of views, new approaches to this franchise, because I felt like this was the only way the franchise was going to keep existing, was to keep challenging what was here. Now, J.J. also obviously came out with with The Force Awakens that feels very similar to A New Hope, but there were chances taken with Last Jedi, whether, whether you like it or not, those chances were taken. Star Wars Visions was a chance. The Star Wars stories of Rogue One and Han Solo were a chance. So the, the the books that are happening, the High Republic stuff is a chance. The video games, like all these things, they're pushing the boundaries of what you can enjoy. And Star Wars Visions, for me, certainly was a fun watch. And I'm really surprised at how quickly they're turning around to drop a second season uh, because animation takes a while. And I know these are smaller samples of it but maybe you're able to do them so more much more quickly when you have nine animation studios involved or eight animation studios as opposed to one doing an hour and 45 minute movie or the bad batch doing one section of like 15 20 episodes i imagine this is how they were able to turn around that quickly but i was pretty surprised by this i thought we wouldn't see anything for another two years laura what 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 do you think of this news i was very surprised to hear this i mean of all the things that i thought we were going to be getting in star wars this year this was not going to be on my list at all i mean i think you're right you know the fact that animation takes so long to do the original i think the first season all of those shorts were between like eight and like 30 minutes long so there were some that were a little bit on the longer end but 
you know, if this was something that they had been working on for years before we even saw it and people at Lucasfilm saw it and loved it, which it sounds like that's what happened. They may yeah. have gotten, you know, gotten to work right away on the second season. So I'll be curious to see if they bring in some new perspectives, if we see some new mm. sort of, you know, there were some different animation styles, even just in, you know, within the first season of this show. So I'll be curious to see where they kind of step out of the box and what different timelines we're exploring, hopefully new ones. I would love to see something with the High Republic in season two of Visions. Um, the great thing I think about this was that there weren't, there wasn't any need to worry about timeline or the canon or connecting to the Skywalkers or any existing characters within the Star Wars universe. So these creators had so much freedom to just dive into these different timelines and different parts, different planets of the galaxy. And that's what made it really fun and also like a, just sort of a relaxed viewing environment mm. for me i didn't have to think about where is this taking place on the timeline how old are people what's how does this connect to this it doesn't matter all of it was totally you know its own thing and i thought that that was a great advantage to what star wars visions put out there yeah are there any stories either of you would want to see like the next chapter of that were shown uh, during star wars vision in the first season the Ninth Jedi I thought was amazing. I would love to see a sequel to that. And I, as opposed to Shin, I liked the twins. So I would like to see what the next iteration of that story. Yeah. I mean, again, having only seen three of them, <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only one that I that I would want to see a sequel to is The Duel. And they could call it the T-W-O hyphen E-L, The Tool. <laughs> I like it. I'm here for that. I will say, Shannon, if you really, if you liked Ronan, I would recommend watching the last one. Watch, like, I think it was episode, whatever the last episode yeah. of season one was. Yeah. Is I that feel the like some of the Jedi? animations. No, it, I don't know what it was called. I, I, I think it had, a, it had a Japanese name. I don't remember, but yeah, okay. I would, re it had a similar sort of feel and a similar style, I think, kind of not. Not exactly, because Ronan was a very, very different animation style. Um, I think a very different design style from the rest of it. But the story itself sort of felt similar. So I would yeah. check that one out. Uh, you know, I, I, I will totally do that. Yeah, I think it's like two Jedi and there's a, a, a master and a Padawan and they're facing this kind of this older uh, kind of Sith connected type guy. And then it's about teaching him, the young one, what it can be when you think you can handle something when in fact you have no idea what this actually is or judging a book by its cover. It's a very interesting uh, story for sure. Um, all right, so we'll see. No no evidence uh, or, I mean, no uh, idea of when this might come out just, just sometime next year, right, Laura? Potentially fall of this year is what they're saying. So we'll see. All right, okay. Uh, Rick uh, Rick Bickmore coming in with a super chat. Ladies and gentlemen, please start sending in your Streamlabs and super chats. We're two topics down. We got two quick topics to go and then we're jumping into your Q&A. So start lining them up now. Send in your Streamlabs and your Super Chats. He says Rick Bickmore does. Showing some support. Thanks for all the great content from the Geek Buddies and friends. We'll catch the rest of this later. Heading to see Secrets of Dumbledore right now. So excited. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, thank you, Rick. And we got 179 of you joining us right now. So thank you so much. Please hit that like button on this video. And if you're watching later, leave a comment and hit that like button as well. All right, let's move on to our third topic here. Brie Larson. Bray Larson, known as Captain Marvel, known as one of the of Scott Pilgrim's ex-girlfriends, I think. We, uh, she is going to be, oh, and uh, Amy Schumer's uh, sister in Trainwrecked. She is going to be part of the Fast and the Furious franchise, which is a little bit of a shock to me. Vin Diesel releasing this not totally staged Instagram picture of him 
and Brie Larson uh, <laughs> talking about her joining uh, the Fast and Furious. She's saying, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this angel over my shoulder cracking me up. You say to yourself, that's Captain Marvel. Clearly, there is love and laughter in this image. What you don't see, however, is the character you will be introduced to in Fast 10. You have no idea how timeless and amazing she will be in our mythology. What do you think you've made? Beyond her beauty, her intellect, her Oscar, ha-ha, is this profound soul who will add something you might not have expected but yearned for. Welcome to the family, Brie. Interesting, um, uh, I don't know, interesting <laughs> words there from Vin Diesel. But to kind of add a little bit of, uh, uh, I don't know, um, intrigue to the situation, uh, earlier this year, Brie Larson was interviewed by Uproxx uh, for her campaign with Eugene Levy that came out right around the Super Bowl, which is a pretty cool campaign, I thought. And they asked her about um, uh, what car she likes to drive and being in a, And she said, please, please tell everybody I would love to be in a Fast and Furious movie 100%. I want to be in one. I'm obsessed. I love those movies. I think they're so good. They're so fun. And they've made me appreciate cars. And it's something that should be appreciated. They're incredible. So, of course, please. So, clearly, Vin or the producers are reading that interview. And we're immediately like, look, if we can't get The Rock, let's get Momoa. And let's get Brie Larson. So, uh, I, Shannon, I'll go to you first on this one. Thoughts on the fact that Brie Larson is joining the Fast and Furious franchise. Are you surprised? And what do you expect? Okay, so Brie Larson is is uh, an actor I actually really, really like a lot. Mm -hmm. But I do feel post her Oscar, sort of her foray into these kind of, you know, big franchise pictures, I don't think it's really done her any favors. And this okay. is just me. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there that love her in Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. I think she's more compelling in the Nissan commercials than she is in Captain Marvel. Damn. I mean, like, and again, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but yeah. like, I, I just thought she, in those Nissan commercials, I'm like, oh, that's the performer from 21 Jump Street. That's the performer oh, right, yeah. from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I mean, I think she is so electric on screen. And I do think that the, 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 the big franchise movies kind of hold her down. Um, mm -hmm. And not just talking about, marvel i mean i think she, i think they didn't do her any favors with the directors she had and like and coming into endgame like that was you know that that was a that was a tall ask i mean yeah. she's she's hopping on this train kind of at the end of the first leg of its journey um and, and i did like her more in endgame than i did like her in her own film but i think again a lot of that issue was with those directors who i also don't think are a match for big budget filmmaking like they yeah. executive produced a show on hulu um with kate blanchett and they directed a lot of the episodes and that show was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Brie Larson in this movie, I mean, like, is this the last one or, or are there going to be more? There's supposed to be two more. And so okay. she's jumping on after this one. I think there's two more after this one. So she's jumping on once again, right at the end of a, uh, of a franchise possibly. Yeah. I mean, I think putting her in Momoa, I mean, they're, they're stacking the cast with this. Mm -hmm. And even though these films, like I can't, the last one I saw, beginning to end i want to say was tokyo drift like i saw Ow. the first one i did not see the second one i saw tokyo drift i was like yeah, that's an okay movie right. um but the the franchise took off i think you know number four is when the franchise really took off yeah. and then what the rock came in at number five right yes fast five and, was the rock 
and that's when it went to kind of a whole other level. Like those. Don't tell like, Vin I, that. Don't tell Vin that. You're right, but <laughs> don't tell Vin that. Go ahead. Yeah. He's he's not in the media. He's talking about Halloween Horror Nights. We're not in the same room. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do think that um, like I started watching Fast Five, and I, I just it was it's just not for me. Like it just yeah. wasn't like it, it's not my franchise. Um, I've seen enough during the during the trailers, and I'm like, oh, I bet I bet for folks that are a fan, I bet this is a blast. Like it's yeah. just it's just not a blast for me. I'll be curious. To see how she does, though. I mean, because, again, Brie Larson is a, is a truly, truly talented performer. I don't think she's been in the best movies post her Oscar, though. Yeah. I, and let's be honest, this isn't the first time they've had an Oscar winner be involved in this, right? I mean, Charlize Theron was the villain in Fast 8. And then you had uh, Helen Mirren has been a consistent <laughs> person coming in as the mom of uh, John St of Jason Statham and um oh god what's his, the other actor the other British actor's name uh, Luke Evans Luke Evans uh, he, he she's she's their mom and she popped up in the last one as well and had an extended scene with with Vin so um Laura Kelly Brie Larson Fast <laughs> and Furious does this make sense or not make sense in your mind you know, I think it makes sense for her. And that's what's important. Mm. I think it's a very, from my perspective, this is a very interesting career move. You know, she won that Oscar in her early 20s. Yeah, so good true. for her for taking this time in her career to just have a little bit of fun. I imagine that's what this move is. I I did wonder maybe a little bit at first if this is sort of a strategic thing because Captain Marvel wasn't the best received character. Maybe this is her attempt to get in the good graces of the people who see the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. There are apparently a lot of them because they keep making them. I have yeah. not seen any of them. Um, the fact that Brie Larson's going to be in this one is not motivation enough for me to actually go see this one, but good for her for having a little bit of fun in her career. That's what this move feels like. Geek Buddies fans, thank God you don't have three sticks in the mud. I've watched every single one of these in the theater, in the highest audio and video way I could possibly see these or visual way I could see these. I remember uh, when they were starting to have screenings, I drove up to L.A. to see the last Fast and Furious movie at the Chinese theater in, uh, in IMAX. So I, I had to experience it, and I loved the living hell out of it. Like, these things are dumb fun. That's absolutely what they are. Ironically, I'm with Shannon. I did not like Fast Five. The whole idea of the safe being dragged for 30 minutes while they're while they're like causing 60 billion dollars worth of damage made no made no sense to me. But you know, eventually they started to understand. Hey, look, this is we can't take this seriously. We got to have fun with this thing. And sure enough, the rest of the installments have been a joy to watch for me. Even John Cena, who was not doing that good of an acting job in the last one, it was palatable to at least have him in it. Um, uh, but I think they're smart. They understand, look, we can't live on Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster, who are very limited actors. Paul Walker, no offense to Lake Ray, Paul Walker, not that strong of an actor overall himself. Vin himself, not really that strong outside of Find Me Guilty. So you got to bring people in who are willing to put their tongues firmly planted in their cheek, but bring a certain level of, uh, of performance here and give it a little bit of a foundation of strength uh, and complexity. And I think uh, certainly Charlize Theron did a nice job with her with Cypher and she's been now in the last two of them and then uh, bringing in uh, Helen of course and bringing in uh, 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 Brie Larson's going to be very interesting to see what she brings and there's a lot of rumors that she might be the villain with Momoa of the piece and couldn't that be interesting with both of them kind of working together Captain Marvel and Aquaman kind of coming together here 
because essentially Fast and Furious has turned into a superhero franchise because Dom can't be killed, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and it's insane. He should have 75 concussions and be dead by, by you know, I don't know, uh, by now, for sure. So, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. It's nice. She can, uh, you know, she can have a little fun, take a detour into this. And certainly she's no... Sh- um, She's not shy about being a big franchise film. She's been in the Kong Skull Island. She's been in these Captain Marvel movies. She's been in this one. I'm sure they all thought Scott Pilgrim was going to be a franchise. So she's not, you know, and sadly it wasn't. She's not um, averse to being a part of this. And Room was seven years ago, as Laura pointed out. It's been a long time since that Oscar. So she's got to do what, uh, you know, what she wants to do and what she enjoys doing. And maybe this is it. We shall see. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, keep sending it. We got your stream labs and your super chats. We got a, a bunch of them to get to. We will get to them in just a second. Start sending them in now. Uh, we got one last story to talk about, and that is this uh, uh, article that came out in Variety uh, from Brett Lang and Matt Donnelly. This exclusive article from them talking about Warner Brothers Discovery. You know that uh, that merger went through, that purchase went through, and uh, this um, article is talking about um, how they're exploring how to overhaul DC Entertainment. It's been less than a week since they closed. Discovery did. It's $43 billion deal for Warner Media. Uh, David Zaslav is the CEO of the combined companies now. Uh, And there was rumors that this would affect the DC feature film development overall. Zaslav, according to this article, apparently vetted candidates with experience in creating and nurturing blockbuster IP with a goal of potentially finding someone to serve as a creative and strategic czar similar to what Marvel has with Kevin Feige. Haven't we been saying that for years that DC needed this? Well, apparently Emma Watts, who used to work at 20th Century Studios in Paramount, was someone that they interviewed. She didn't end up taking the job, but this is what they're looking at. uh, And they believe that they want to unlock more of the DC talent. They like, apparently they like the Joker angle. They want to give Harley Quinn her own movie and they want to find ways to uh, keep going with this brand and expanding this brand and it's ironic because the brand seems to have turned the corner for the most part. If you look at Joker, if you look at the Batman, if you look at um, a Peacemaker, if you look at a number of things, Aquaman made money. Yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 wasn't great, but look, the property of Wonder Woman is still very valuable here. Uh, and Zaslav says he has pledged to find $3 billion in synergies with the newly merged company and a signal of how important uh, cost-cutting will be to Warner's new owners. They want to mine DC's library of characters, um, and it could help control spending as Warner Brothers Discovery owns the underlying IP. So a lot to consume here. Shannon, I'll go back to you on this one. We've got a a Colin Farrell Penguin and Gotham City show possibly coming, or not Gotham City, but the Arkham Asylum show coming. So you talk to me. I thought things were going okay for DC. What do you anticipate is going to happen here now? Well, I mean, we we had said for a while, I mean, and especially Vogel had said this, like, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. And it seems like, okay, they're they're continuing the the shared universe, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, They're letting Matt Reeves do his Batverse thing. Um, But overall, I mean, you know, when they delayed all those DC movies, which was so, you know, uh, uh coincidental that mere weeks before yeah. in, all, in all the AMC theaters, there was this 2022 DC superhero preview and two of those movies got knocked to 2023. <laughs> um, so the fact that something like that was released and then within weeks stuff had been delayed and then, you know, Shazam two was, uh, was pushed up. I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, this, mer- the merger is huge. I mean, yes. that's, that's a, that's a huge, huge merger. And maybe uh, Zasloff 
took a look at what they were doing. And it's like, this is a little, this is a little muddy. This is a little unfocused. Like we've, we've seen that, yes, we're making money, but there's a way to do it better. Right. Um, and, you know, we had talked about how Flash was the one that had been delayed the most. And this is, this is pre, you know, uh, Ezra, Ezra Miller's um, issues in Hawaii. Um, yeah. But the assumption was, okay, they're pushing Flash to the end because Flash is what's going to kick off their their new universe, their sort of reset universe. Right. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe the movie is just didn't turn out as well as they would like. And so they need a lot of time to uh, fix it uh, um, as, as, as best they can. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, Kevin Feige, like there hasn't been, to my knowledge, and, and fans feel free to connect or correct me. Yeah. Um, there really hasn't been anyone like him in Hollywood before because there's no. never been anything like Marvel before. Like right. this is unprecedented that you have they're you know, they're approaching their 30th movie <laughs> yeah. over, you know, since 08. So the idea that certain DC projects are making money maybe it's just not good enough. And uh, looking at DC, probably looking at Harry Potter as well. Like these are, these are foundational pillars and they need to be stronger. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that this guy wants that uh, Zaslav wants someone, he wants that architect and also talking about making it, you know, uh, vertical content. Like it is, it is its own thing. Like let's, DC, leave them alone. Like we're going to find the people, the, the creative team that we want in charge and let them go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, Eric Davis over on uh, Fandango, he uh, posted this uh, kind of rebuttal or breakdown of what he thinks is happening is here is that they want to revitalize characters like Superman. They want more stuff like Joker. They need a Feige. They need to strategically lean into what they have that the MCU does not like, the flexibility to go to R-rated movies or family-friendly movies. DC should do more to develop new voices, and they want to keep DC fandom. Um, and um, Jeff Snyder, who is a colleague of mine, he said the only problem is Superman, which is why Variety mentioned that character specifically and why he was number two on my list. He says DC Films is running just fine. They've got something Marvel doesn't. The Rock is not in one, but two of their movies, plus sequels to Billion Dollar Movies, Aquaman slash Joker on the Horizon, more Batman, Penguin, Arkham, Wonder Woman 3, a multiverse in Flash, and inclusive films, diverse films like Blue Beetle and Batgirl um, coming down the pike. So, Laura, I mean, do you really want someone to come in and kind of upset the apple cart and start all over again? Like, is the possibility of restoring the Snyderverse now in play? Because it seems to have really inspired these Snyderverse people to come out the woodwork yet again today to be like, hey, restore it. If you're going to make changes, restore the Snyderverse, create it as a separate arm of the DC uh, brand here. What do you think about all of this? Well, I think anyone who sees the success of Marvel would want to replicate it naturally. Yeah. And I, so I'm not surprised by this news at all. You know, Marvel has Feige. Star Wars has a whole story group. That's mm. a lot of content to manage over at DC. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see them potentially go like a story group route of people. Get a group of people That's to come point. in and manage all of this content instead of just one. Because Shannon's right. Feige's kind of, he's kind of one in a million. We don't have another one of those floating around in Hollywood. So that exact success is going to be really hard to duplicate, I think, for sure. But, I, you know, the question of with things at DC, because I'm sort of coming at it from the outside. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen all the DC movies. It's not something I'm super ingrained in. 
the merger happened while I was on vacation. And I didn't even know about it until I got back. So that's how separated separated I am uh, from this part of the the geek universe. But I think at least in this case, from the little bit that I've seen, new blood can only be a good thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder about it. I mean, I I like the the, the direction DC's been going. We're about to get Flashpoint. We're about to get Ben Affleck coming back, Michael Keaton coming back. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of leverage what happens here, and do they use this as a guide for them to go forward? I'm all about if they want to keep continuing hearing new voices, more perspectives. As I said earlier about Star Wars, I feel the same way about any franchise more perspectives more voices from the communities of color more voices from women more voices from underserved communities being a part of this stuff and creating this stuff i think is nothing but a positive so it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward with this and they have to solve the superman problem this is insane that we've been waiting this long since man of steel for a superman situation We've had two, three, four Batmans, two Jokers. We've had so many different versions of these characters, yet we can't get a, a Superman locked in. Like, what is the situation here that I just don't understand? And you've got people saying crazy things like Grant Hawkland was the, is the best Superman since Christopher Reeve. We can't allow that to stand. That has got to be debated and countered by having a Man of Steel with Henry Cavill coming back to play Superman for the love of God. No offense to Tyler Hawkland, who's doing a nice job with the role, but Henry Cavill is a great Superman, and he's not getting his due because a lot of there's some people who just don't like that Man of Steel movie, even though I love it and Shannon likes it. But you know, I just want to see this solved. How can your top character not have any say in your? Uh, properties over the last seven years it just doesn't make any sense on so many levels so uh, we'll see what happens and if aquaman 2 we'll see if that works out there's there's a lot of things that could still they still have to kind of work themselves out to be honest with you so we'll see and you know a, kind of an overhaul here i i really wonder if the snyder situation will pop itself back up again we shall see um all right any final words on this before we move on uh to our questions from our fans uh, here i mean you know it would be a shame if Cavill doesn't get another yeah. another swing at this <laughs> because I think with with the right script, with the right director, um, you you look at some of his past performances, and I don't think he's always been the strongest, but um, I I do feel like when he did the Man from Uncle, uh, Guy Ritchie, he knew how to unlock Cavill's charm. Yeah. So I mean, that's not to say that you know Guy Ritchie needs to be directing the DC film or a Superman film, but you know there like he. Henry Cavill is a very capable leading man. You just have to get, you just have to find the right team to support him. Yeah. I mean, um, the Witcher season three is already, I think greenlit. So even though they were still working on Witcher season two, it's certainly a lot of people like the Witcher Lord. Did you get to see man of steel or did you get to see the Batman? Any of that stuff uh, recently? I did like man of steel. I think I, I might be one of the few people that enjoyed that movie too. And I did go see the Batman recently. I really, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I wouldn't see it a second time in theaters. That's too long. Uh, but I'm very excited to see that. I think it's coming to HBO in like a couple of weeks. So I'll get to watch yep. it again then. In four days. April 18th is when it's coming. Nice. So yeah, get 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 on it. It's going to be a lot of fun to see that. Yeah, and Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible, as uh, Charlie Unicorn said, he was fantastic in that. I thought so as well. <laughs> 
fist pumps, you know, as it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into let's get into our main topic here, and that's your questions. We did say this is a live Q and A, so I'm going to start going through these questions. Start sending them in your Streamlabs super chats. We got a lot to get through here, but we'd love to hear from uh, all of you. Send in your support for the show if you like that we're doing a live Q&A. I know Mikey's not here. He's traveling the world. Our own Kevin Feige is traveling the world. But, you know, he might uh, chime in on some of these questions next week. So send in your stuff now so we can remember to ask him about it in a little bit. Dagan is in here. What's up, Dagan? Good to see you. He says, hey, all. Always awesome to see Laura on the show. Rumors are Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness could have, quote, endgame level surprises. What are some big reveals or character appearances you would like to see? Uh, Laura, uh, Shannon? Uh, la- ladies first. Laura. <laughs> Loki and Sylvie. I want Loki and Sylvie to show up. And I would imagine it would only show up maybe in like a post credit scene. I can't imagine that they would show up in the actual main part of the movie and that we wouldn't have heard about it at some point or that wouldn't have leaked out. But that would be my hope. If it's not them, that there will at least be some sort of like connection back to the Loki show because I really liked the Loki show and I would like it to get some respect. Fair enough. Yeah. I like the Loki show as well. That's, 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 I think that's my number one followed by WandaVision when it comes to that. Uh, Shannon, any kind of uh, end game level surprises? I mean, we already heard Patrick Stewart's voice. We've already seen either spectrum or possibly ultimate Iron Man. Um, Any, what do you expect to see here? Um, I, I think some of the biggest surprises are going to become from, are going to come from the identities of the rest of the Illuminati. Like Mm. we, we, it, it seems pretty clear that professor X is going to be there. Um, I know we were sort of betting that, uh, Mordo from a different universe is being sort of, you know, that universe's sorcerer supreme. I I don't think captain Carter is a part of the Illuminati. I just don't, I don't see it just doesn't line up in my head. That's that's not to say that 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 couldn't happen. Right. Um, but if you just going down the line, like thinking thinking of the numbers, like because I want to say in the comics it's five or six. Uh, but I, I do think the character that everyone is presuming is Superior Iron Man, which I do not think superior. is the case. Right. Yeah, yeah. Superior Iron. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I do think that's Maria Rambo as a different universe as Captain Marvel. Um, I think right there you've got what Professor X, Maria Rambo, Mordo. Uh, so there are two or three sort of nebulous choices right now. Now, will they go and try and uh, uh, plant a flag for a marquee character for a future franchise? It seems kind of like fan casting, but also that could happen. I mean, are we gonna see a Reed Richards like in the comics? Reed Richards is in the Illuminati. Are we going to see Namor? Because, you know, with it, with the uh, uh, the Black Panther sequel, I mean, they pretty much, even though they have not uh, officially confirmed that uh, Tanakh Huerta is, is uh, Namor, I mean, it seems pretty uh, pretty obvious right yeah. now. I saw some people saying, um, uh, oh, Christopher Pike from Star Wars, the actor's Anson name, Mount? Anson, Anson Mount, Mount. Yeah. Uh, talking about him coming as uh, coming in as a Black Bolt, oh, uh, gosh, you know, from the from the uh, uh, television you. show, the ABC show, The Inhumans, that did not do well. Like, I, I don't think that is going to happen. Um, but having someone play Black Bolt, that could be interesting. Like, yeah. It, yeah. that's where I think the majority of the surprises are going to come from. And also, who's the bad guy? Like, 
yeah. you know, we we heard Wanda say nightmare and that's a Covian accent. And a lot of jumping was done to night, nightmares, the bad guy. But I mean, I still seems like Wanda's going to be the antagonist to me. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's so exciting that we're going to get to see that, that we're going to get to see this movie like as excited as I was for No Way Home. Mm. Um, I think I'm probably more excited for Doctor Strange just because there's so much stuff we don't know. I mean, yeah. I think it's a different level of excitement, at least for me. Right. Like it's the idea of I'm excited. I was excited to see if they could nail it, bringing all three Spider-Man back and making it work. This is can they launch everything they want to launch out of this because shit it's only two hours and six minutes how are you going to get all of this into two hours and six minutes and make it work um you know i mean two hours and six minutes that's not a short movie okay like i think for for laura kelly it's kind of long it sounds like (laughs) i mean we've become so uh we've become so uh acclimatized to these these two and a half hour movies you forget that two hours is still a pretty long movie um and depending on what the role of like the illuminati is going to be i mean who's just like these people aren't necessarily going to have their own storylines i mean they are going to be a roadblock for dr strange to get past right um you know the ultimate confrontation is probably going to be with wanda so i mean i don't think the illuminati section will be uh, uh shortchanged at all right. but i think that it is it is a bump in the road to the final to the final confrontation yeah and a lot of rumors about blade showing up for the first time Mars ali as well the <laughs> illuminati as well we shall see uh jim cotta that's awesome god love you for that name jim cotta just sending some love to you guys the box office is back baby Sonic 2's wild $71 million opening weekend seems to be a harbinger of a great summer season. Do you guys think Doctor Strange 2 can actually top No Way Home? So far, the pre-sales have topped it. Well, let me take this first, Jim Cotton. It's interesting you bring this up. Matt Nose and I recorded our uh, most recent episode of the Top 10 to drop on Tuesday, and we went through um, some of the screenings times that were happening on Thursday night and Friday for Doctor Strange in L.A., and there were quite a few tickets still left for a number of the shows. Now, are they in the right sections of the prime sections? No, but still was surprised at 3 p.m. IMAX at Chinese, at the Chinese Theater at 4 p.m., at 3, uh, 4 p.m. I could get in and get a good seat. So just kind of – so I don't know where the pre-sales are happening, and if they're matching, great, but I haven't anticipated – I don't know if this film – I think people are waiting until – those first reviews come out and we're not getting screenings till the 2nd of May. I just got mine today. We're not getting to the 2nd. of So a lot of us aren't going to be able to talk about it till then. So I imagine that's where we're going to see the real rush to buy tickets. If the uh, reception is good. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it will top uh, Spider-Man No Way Home? Well, here's my question. Wasn't No Way Home like one of the biggest openings like of all time? Yeah, I mean, didn't that like that like yeah. set records, like not even just in COVID, like of all time. So, I, I'm thinking no for this Doctor Strange movie. I did have to admit on our No Way Home review that I hadn't actually was sat and watched the whole thing start to finish of the first <laughs> Doctor Strange movie. I did finally do that. <laughs> um, I definitely had never seen the post credit scene. So that was yeah. that was an interesting reveal, I think, at the end. But yeah, I think I don't think people have quite the connection to Doctor Strange that they had to every iteration of peter parker we've had since 2002 so yeah. that was i think that was always going to be a bigger draw it's kind of it's a good point stacking the deck in a way yeah and shannon made it, it made almost 1.9 billion dollars as laura alluded to here this is the second biggest domestic opening of all time 
second biggest and is the sixth highest grossing film ever, COVID or not. So what do you I, think? I mean, I think Laura's probably right. I mean, everybody knew No Way Home was going to make a lot of money. Like yeah. everybody, everybody knew that. Um, the level of which it made, I don't think people had, I don't think people had predicted. Yeah. Um, with Doctor Strange, I mean, I do agree with Laura that Peter Parker is a very different character from Doctor Strange. Yeah. And, you know, because the reveal of the three Spider-Men had been spoiled way in advance. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, and I, yeah, I just don't see... Stephen Strange pulling in that same audience. Now, that's not to say it's not going to do well. I think it's going to do incredibly well. I'm yeah. definitely going to do better than the first Doctor Strange movie. Um, but I, I think what what will happen is it will be entirely dependent on how the movie turns out. If this is yeah. a movie that people want to go see again and again and again, like they did with Infinity War, like they did with Endgame, like they did with No Way Home, um that is that is where i i think the box office is kind of dependent on is how much uh, uh what the rewatch factor is going to be like i know us we're probably going to see it two or three times in the first weekend yeah but most folks most folks don't do that <laughs> like That's they true. see the movie right. once then they're going to catch it in uh, catch it again on streaming or when it comes out on blu-ray or whatever yeah um but i do think i do think it's going to be successful i mean the idea that the three Spider-Men, that was spoiled. Yeah. Um, the fact that Marvel gave us Patrick Stewart, um, yeah. what else are they keeping back? That's yeah. so, I mean, I, that's what I'm guessing. And, and you know, not to give any credit to anybody who spoiled the three Spider-Man or the two, or two other Spider-Men coming back. Um, maybe Marvel saw that and is like, well, people still came to see it, even with the reveals. So as long as we're confident we have a good movie... It doesn't matter. So maybe that's why the Patrick Stewart thing kind of popped up, just one line or whatever. I'm not trying to give credit. I'm just saying maybe. Um, but the other side of this, I think this movie could top $2 billion, absolutely. It depends on two things. Shannon alluded to, it has to be a damn good movie, number one. And number two, once the reveals start leaking out by word of mouth and you know these websites can't help themselves <laughs> and these and people on Twitter can't help themselves, once those, re once those reveals start coming out, people are going to want to come see these reveals. If the reveals are huge enough, uh, I think if the reveals are huge enough and the movie is good enough, this thing will absolutely cross $2 billion. Not because of Doctor Strange, but because of all the stuff that you're going to see that's going to be connected to all the stuff that's coming up. So people will want to go see it. If it's a good movie, people will go multiple times to go see it and enjoy the reveals every time. So that's kind of where I'm at on it overall. Um, uh, all right, so Travis Earl asked us, what Star Wars Vision segment for the first season do you want to see continued in season two? I think we... Answer that already, Travis, but thank you so much for your uh, stream lap. Jim Cotta back again saying, how cool is it that Mystery Science Theater was able to take a successful Kickstarter campaign to bring us season 13 and turn it into a full-blown indie streamer service by creating the Gizmoplex? Do you think other creators could continue this trend? Uh, Shannon or Laura? I don't know who to go on this one. That was all foreign language to me, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it it was it was a little it was a little foreign to me as well. What I, what I'm gathering is that they did a crowd crowd source campaign and were able to come up with a new with Dream a new season. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it all depends on the fan base. It all depends on the fan base of certain uh, of certain properties. I mean, I, I remember Mystery Science theater 3000 like i never watched it um but if if the if the desire is there from the audience to get something made 
they just proved it. It'll get made. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a Bibiani question. He loves that kind of stuff. And I will say this. Um, uh, I think anything is possible, but I also think mystery science theater is its own separate anomaly. And there's a reason why it appeals to a certain segment of the audience and no other show like it has been able to appeal to that segment of the audience quite as powerfully as mystery science theater has. So I think this is a random one-off and a number of factors had to be involved for it to, to happen this way. I don't anticipate, because there's a lot of money that's involved in doing a streaming service. I don't anticipate that a lot of people who are starting out to just make another movie, another season of a show are going to stumble their way into an, a full on a streaming service. Yeah. So that's, I'll just throw that out there. Uh, all right. John Lee says, uh, looking forward to Dr. Strange too, but we may have gotten a movie with a multiverse already. That might be, one of the best movies of the year and everything everywhere all at once. Did you guys see it yet? Yao and Quan killed it. Probably will be in my top five of the year. Uh, Laura or Shannon, have either of you guys seen this yet? I have not seen it yet. I intend to, but I, I haven't yet. And I am I'm sort of, um, I'm a little bit disappointed that it didn't do better numbers. And I'm yeah. afraid that they're going to pull it really quickly. And from, I think another show I was listening to today was talking about how this doesn't, this isn't a good thing for original stories. This isn't mm. a good sign um, that that movie didn't do as well as it did in the box office. I do think, I think critically I've heard very good things. Uh, so I'm excited to see it, but yeah, it's, um, it's TBD on whether or not we'll be able to, I think, to continue to get this like high level of storytelling in these original stories. You know, I love all the, the Mar you know, the franchises that we're talking about, mm -hmm. but the fact that, you know, some of that original storytelling is falling behind and not if it can't do 200 you know billion dollars or whatever opening weekend yeah. like that's just the state of things are kind of sad so i hope that i'll be able to get out and see that movie soon and uh support it and throw my money at things like that <laughs> shannon uh, any thoughts on this yeah well I, I did see it yesterday oh good and i i did not see it I was not in the right frame of mind. Like I was super tired and I was just long trying to... time to see it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I walked in and like, I was into it, but I was like, Oh, my eyes are getting heavy. My eyes are getting heavy. Yeah. I'm like, let me just shut my eyes for five minutes. And then when Whoa. it came back, I'm like, I'm a little lost, but <laughs> what I saw, I mean, and again, like I, I dozed off for very, very, very quick little cat nap. Mm -hmm. um, even though I was a little lost at times in the story, what they showed, I mean, it is weird, yeah. uh, but it is so captivating. Yeah. And by the end, I mean, the, the emotional wallop that this movie gives you again and again and again. It's definitely a film that I think, um, even if you don't miss a few minutes because you're, snooze, you're snoozing, um, I do think it probably uh, multiple, viewing, multiple viewings probably is a help. I'm definitely going to see it again. Um, and no spoilers but coming out of that movie if they do not find a way to bring back uh key way kwan into indiana jones 5 and just give him the franchise after five wow um it will be it will be a shame because he was strong. so like obviously it's it's michelle yo's movie and and she was dynamite but looking at data mm -hmm. up on screen as as a grown-up and he was just so, so good. And it's one of those, one of those situations where it's like, God, I like, you need, he, he's given a lot of interviews, how post Goonies, post Temple of Doom, like as an Asian American actor, like it was hard. Yeah. 
like they're they're just the roles just weren't there and at some point you have to make a decision what am i going am i going to keep going down this path that is not yielding any fruit or am i going to try to do something else and he went and did something else i mean he still does work in the industry but the fact that he's getting these opportunities now to come back i mean he's such a delight on screen and just the visual of him putting on a brown fedora i'm like god that would that would make me so happy um but yes if if everything everywhere all at once is playing near you i mean again it's it's off the wall but um it is it is a great original ride at at the theater yeah someone who's seen it twice i absolutely love this movie it's two hours and 20 minutes so yeah you you cannot go in tired you cannot go in with your mind be as refreshed as possible because it will take you on a hell of a ride and those last 20 minutes i compare them to batman the batman's 20 minutes you know they push the limits of what you can handle but and what, what you if should it be these 20 minutes longer should it be cut should have those 20 minutes been cut possibly you might think that when you came out when you come out but the message is so powerful that I think it overrides a lot of any uh, concerns you might have. As uh, Shannon already eloquently stated, uh, uh, Juan is fantastic in this film. And if you want to really cry today, go and watch his interview with Jimmy Kimmel. It will absolutely devastate you when he talks so honestly about what his experience was like after, uh, after uh, all those movies when he was young in his career, being unable to find a place in Hollywood. And what he had to do to survive and all these things he went through. And people are so happy to see him back. And he delivers an incredible performance. Um, and so, so does uh, Stephanie Sue. I think that's who plays the daughter. She is great in this as well. She's an up-and-coming actress. Um, and Michelle Yao steals. The, of course, Michelle Yao rules the nest, of course. But leave a little love for Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Uh, she is great <laughs> in the film uh, as well. And don't and James Hong. And James Hong. And and James James Hong. Hong. Yeah, yeah. Which hopefully appeared while you were awake. So, um, okay, you know, hey, you brought it up. I ha- uh, I'm being honest. I had a very stacked day. I was like, all right, I'll be able to see this movie in between this and this. You got to get some the, Fast and Furious when you're tired. That's the best way to go. See. Me dozing off is no reflection on that movie. That is Fair that's that's Fair a reflection of doing too much in a day. <laughs> Curbside Prophet Thirteen says, "Hey, y'all. Question I have is the is there has been a lot of talk about a High Republic series. We'll throw this one to Laura first. Wondering what it is you'd like to see. I think only Laura has read the books. I think you're right. Honestly, just give me live or animated adaptations of the books and I'll be happy. So, Laura, what would you want to see from the High Republic series? Where do you lean on this? Well, I I definitely would love to see anything on screen. Mm. Just to give those give credence to those books what they're due because they are they're so, so good. The storytelling is just so great. And it's so fun being in this different era and again just like like star wars vision separated from all of the skywalker saga stuff there are a few exceptions where they they do you know connect a few a few dots here and there um but i think in terms of animation i'd love to see something like that because i am not a huge comic book reader but i loved the high republic comic series um and to see some of the people who worked on that get to sort of have a say in the design of what these characters would look like on screen would mean a lot to me because it would it would just being able to see some of those people come to life would be really cool yeah the live action stuff i'm a little bit more weary of i keep hearing all of these rumors of a live action series um being filmed this summer but i think what i've been hearing for the most part is that it's going to be aimed at like a younger audience and it's Mm going to have like younger characters 
um, playing the lead roles. So may or may not really be aimed at me as the target audience. But, it, you know, if it gets people to read those books, power to them, because yeah. th that's that's, I think, the biggest thing with these these stories, getting to know these new characters and how incredible they are and how these five authors came together and made this story what it is. And now that group of five authors is expanding and we're jumping 150 years farther back in time with phase two that's going to be kicking off in October. It'll be interesting to see if any of these things that are supposedly coming on screen are playing off of the phase two content or if it's all going to be phase one. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see, but I would be extremely interested in seeing anything High Republic on screen. Um, not, I guess it just depends, but in a lot of cases, I may even prefer animation in this Ooh, situation. Okay. Why not? Why not? I'd be curious to see myself. Th uh, Shannon, thoughts on High Republic series? Have you read any of this stuff? Are you aware of any of this stuff? I I have listened to uh, The Light of the Jedi. I'm, I'm probably about halfway through. And again, there's just sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day to to to, to uh, take in everything that we'd like to take in. Uh, just as a concept, I mean, more Star Wars to me is never a bad thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and sort of uh, having this this new corner that's that's been open recently with the books and the graphic novels, um, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I I would certainly uh uh make time for that if that were to happen and i also heard about that that new show with with the youngsters in the lead I, i'll tell you guys more off mic Ooh, okay. <laughs> but uh but yes that is something that i that i had heard about as well wow fantastic um uh, john lee go, uh, asks what character cameos do you think we might see in multiverse of madness other than professor x i think we kind of handled that also, where would you rank the upcoming Marvel movies and TV shows in terms of your anticipation level for the ones that have been announced so far? So, wow, good question. Because we've got what? Doctor Strange, um, uh, uh, Ms. Marvel, Thor, Thor um, Black Panther 2. Yeah, Black Panther 2. Ant-Man 3. Okay. Guardians 3. Okay. Those are the ones that have been, uh, ha that have a release date. Uh, right yes the, okay and the series after what it's miss marvel in june or july yeah then she hulk oh the marvels too right the, oh that's next year that's next year but that's yeah that's 2023 yeah. Right. um okay uh I, you know for the she hulk she hulk yeah uh miss marvel miss marvel she hulk secret invasion Iron Heart, and I don't know if Echo has started shooting yet. There's I'm... rumors about a What If season two as well. So. Oh yeah, no, I think that's that's for sure. I think that that's definitely that's definitely coming. All right, um, so what's your ranking here? I mean, I think it's I think there's too much stuff to go through to kind of rank <laughs> yeah. up, but but in terms yeah. of uh, oh, and also Guardians three. Did I say Guardians three? Yeah, Guardians. Um, yeah. Uh, Gosh, in terms of the movies, whoa, I mean, last week I probably would have said Black Panther, yeah. Wakanda Forever, but we're getting so close to that Thor Love and Thunder trailer that maybe it's Thor Love and Thunder, but at the same time, I'm really uh, looking forward to uh, the next Ant-Man movie. I'm really mm. curious to see Jonathan Majors as uh, Kang, That's and then crazy. on Disney+, Plus. Oh man, probably Secret Invasion. Okay. 
just because comparing it to Secret Wars, like I'm curious what the how they're going to put their own spin on that story. Right. Right. Hmm. All right, Laura, any, uh, do you want to venture to try to log these or, or rank these in terms of anticipation or with this question, did we narrow it down to just this year or just stuff just, coming let, in general? Let's keep it to just this year, which, oh, okay. which is right. she Hulk guardians of the galaxy holiday special Wakanda forever. Um, Thor love and thunder, Ms. Marvel and Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. That's what I have for everything this year. Yeah, and that's that's too many things that were I don't know anything about any <laughs> of the characters. Um, I'm very excited for Thor: Love and Thunder because this is the Taika Waititi movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, very very excited about that and the fact that we're going to get more a a different version, I imagine, of uh, Natalie Portman, and this is going to be uh, very exciting. I yeah. love she's one of those actresses that I I see in things and I kind of just always think of Padme, who's not a character that I love by any <laughs> means. So I, I want to be able to associate her with not that. And I'm kind of hoping that Thor Love and Thunder does it for me. Um, besides that, guard, the, the next Guardians thing sounds great. Black, Black Panther I was excited for, but then with all of this, yeah, some of this drama with Letitia Wright, I'm like, I don't know if I even need this now. So yeah, yeah we'll see. It's going to be hard watching that movie without T'Challa. It's just oh going to be sad. I think that's um, why it's lower on my list. I'm with Laura on that. I, I don't yeah. find, I'm not that looking forward to Wakanda forever, but I think Doctor Strange is my number one because I love Doctor Strange. I enjoyed that movie to pieces. I think it's in my top 10 of the MCU. And so seeing the continuation of that, I'm very excited to see. I think then from there, it goes to Secret Invasion. Then it goes back to Thor, Love and Thunder. Then Ms. Because I think Secret Division, if they make that work with the level and quality of actors that they have, uh, I, it's going to be incredible. Then Thor Love and Thunder, then uh, Ms. Marvel, and then um, um, Black Panther, I think, uh, at the end there. So those are, those are kind of my level of anticipation overall. But look, it's like 0.1 degrees, point zero. I mean, it's not really, they're all very high on my anticipation level. There's before. nothing we're not looking forward to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a better <laughs> way of saying it. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, John W. Ashford said, Hey, all, with Russell Crowe rumored to play Zeus in Thor 4. Uh, more than a rumor. Who do you see as Hercules if the MCU starts bringing in the Greek pantheon? Fuck, man, I can barely get the Egyptian gods lined up for Moon Knight. You can start bringing in the Greek gods and Eternals and fuck. I, and my mind immediately just goes, I, I don't want to go to school to watch superhero <laughs> comic book fucking movies. I don't know. That's my opinion on it. But, John, it's a good question. All right, uh, Laura and, uh, and Shannon here. Who do you see as Hercules if the MCU starts bringing in the Greek pantheon? Anybody jump out of you for Hercules? No. <laughs> <laughs> two okay there's two there's okay. there's two All right. um like I, I don't think this will happen but to me henry cavill would be an incredible hercules i, I mean, mean it's the perfect casting for god's sakes you put a he's already on. got he's already huge yes. um if if they were gonna grab somebody and bulk him up uh jamie dornan from belfast Ooh, that's a nice choice yeah. i don't see him being a good hercules um, Laura, is there anyone that you, you, you really can't think of anybody? You know, I would need to, I would need like two days of time to like sit back and think about this. So I'm not good at those types of questions on the fly. I like Shan's suggestions a lot. 
Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't have much to add in front of that. I didn't know that even Marvel had a Greek mythology yeah. section. Like, that's news to me alone. So you've already blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> I can't go beyond that. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I think Shannon's, I think Cavill was the first one that leapt to mind. I mean, look, there are not a lot of muscle-bound people that can act. There are a lot of actors that you can muscle up, like Kumail Nanjani, who are already good actors that you could add to the mix here. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's anybody else besides Cavill that immediately leaps to mind overall. Eh, maybe we should, but I like Jamie Dornan. That's a nice choice. He's, he's, he's due for something in the MCU at some point, for God's sakes, or maybe the new Superman. Francisco Lopez says, Hey guys, and Laura first, how much is Vogel? How much of this is Vogel's fault? What <laughs> second, what do you think about the report of the future of DC films and TV series on the new owner leadership? I think we tackled that, Francisco. I hope the future is bright for DC films and series. Do you have faith? Well, to, to, the, to how much of this is Vogel's fault? Because he's not here, 100%. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's more, it's more his friend's fault because it's for a birthday. That's why he went, that's that's right. why he went, that's to, right. that's why he went to Europe. But also, the other day, I was, I was at a... Uh, I was at a restaurant here grabbing lunch and mm. they were talking about the uh, Vogel, the football coach. And that's the picture that I took and tweeted out where it said, how much is Vogel's fault? And I was like, well, this is, this is fate. Uh, <laughs> and I hate to correct you. You're talking about a basketball coach. Frankly. Oh, was it a basketball NBA. coach? Yeah, a coach of the Lakers. Yeah, there you go. They're pretty big. Okay. Uh, I knew it was a Los Angeles team. Like I, I'm glad I didn't say the Rams. <laughs> that's Sean McVay. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Sports ball coach. Sports Hello. ball coach. Tonight. <laughs> Uh, in terms of having faith, I mean, look, there there are two ways to to look at things, either optimistically or pessimistically, and uh, I I choose to look at it positively. Like, and you know, more often than not, <laughs> there there I, I have uh, uh, crossed my fingers in the positive column, and and stuff doesn't turn out well, and you know that happens. I mean, as if you listen to the cinephiles with. John and, and Steve Morris. I mean, Steve talks regularly about how hard it is to to make a movie. I mean, yes. and when you're dealing with um, corporations and studios and like it's it's a miracle, one that anything ever gets made, <laughs> um, but that some that it, that it turns out well and some of them turn out really well. And you just you just never know. And so uh, if if this new uh direction that warner discovery wants to take dc i mean if if it doesn't work they know how uh they know how valuable the um catalog of dc comics characters is so if mm. this next uh at bat doesn't go well they're gonna try again yeah. and at some point it's a numbers game we're gonna get we're gonna get a good superman movie at some point yeah yeah that's fair uh, another good Superman movie, I think. Another, excuse me, uh, apologies, apologies. <laughs> I, I'm not meaning to besmirch Man of Steel. Thank you. I did it. I did enjoy Man of Steel. Yeah, thank you very much. I know you've been changing your tune lately. I haven't been to changing fit my into tune. your new friends, but Man of Steel is a goddamn great movie, and you know, <laughs> I remember sitting in Shannon McClung's apartment a uh, long time ago, uh, getting teary eyed with Shannon as we watched that movie. So. I'll not have you erase that Aww. from our memories. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah, I have faith. I have faith because DC feels like it's turned a corner. And yeah, there's still been some stumbles, but with like Wonder Woman 1984. But Patty Jenkins going, you know what? Fuck Rogue Squad. And I'm going to come back and do Wonder Woman 3 because I need to focus on making this a good movie. 
tells me that there are people involved in these productions that want to um, fix things if they don't work. And that shows care. And if there's care, that means there's a greater possibility of things turning out well rather than not well. So I like that. Uh, in my where i think nobody cares at sony in my personal opinion all right uh uh bounty and kiovale says hey red shirt guy oh my god jesus that's like five years ago it's your favorite asian stoner from denver just wanted to show some love long time fan of yours john oh thanks that's very kind of you thanks for the love i appreciate that Uh, keep sending in that love while you're stoned that's a good number fredtastic314 says hey buddies always so happy to see a live show especially with laura just wanted to show support. Have a great evening. Thank you. Thank Fred. you. Thank you very much. Uh, and Curbside Prophet 13 says, how much do we have to pay to be a part of the off mic conversation with Shannon? I suppose I can just wait till celebration. Oh, yeah. yeah you're assuming. Oh, yeah. That it'll be announced at celebration. But yeah, interesting point. So, uh, Shannon, how much would they? I think $500 a person, I think, seems fair, don't you? Well, well I'm glad that you think that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> You think higher? All right, fine. Higher. What will do you think of this, Laura? You. Laura, how about Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid as Hercules? Is that would that work for you, Laura? Would that work for you? I don't know. Does he have a kid that acts? I have no idea. <laughs> have a kid that His name is Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yes. Had no idea. Excuse me. <laughs> he hasn't done much for sure. He is an American. Good looking dude. Good looking dude. I think he's the Maria Shriver son i believe so is that right shannon i I mean patrick schwarzenegger yeah that would that would make sense i the the other the other son that was the uh uh you know the maids uh, yeah i don't believe his his last name is schwarzenegger oh okay fair enough fair enough fair enough um ladies and gentlemen that's all the stream labs and super chats if uh, i think we got about five ten minutes left if you want to send something in now's the time send in some supporters send in some uh some love to us here uh on the channel Laura, we had a Star Wars uh, um, bit of news come up here real quickly. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, it was about uh, Clone Wars and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Do you know the story I'm talking about? Yes, I think she made a hint that if you are a fan of the Clone Wars, you are really going to like the live action Ahsoka show, yes. um, which makes sense just kind of on its surface in general. But I got really excited about that because it sounds like she's going to be heavily involved in it, which is great. And I don't know if that, you know, means that she's going to be acting as some sort of showrunner, if she's going to be directing an episode or more than one episode, but either way, I'm excited. I love what she's done in the Star Wars universe, and I am excited just in general for the Ahsoka show. So now I've got two worlds colliding, and I'm pumped about it. Yeah, uh, Shannon Bryce Howard was uh, Bryce Dallas Howard was giving this interview to Romper and said, without giving anything away, you are going to love the Ahsoka show that's coming up. I cannot tell you anything, but what I can say is that you being a fan of the Clone Wars will be greatly rewarded. A lot of people have been speculating that we might be getting Rex, and we might be getting uh, you know uh, Tamora Morrison uh, playing different characters, different clones. Would you like to see him being a part of the Ahsoka series? We had such a emotional and emotional damage and to um uh, season seven of clone wars so uh, what do you think do you you would you would we risk more emotion here with the clones coming back and ahsoka continuing the story absolutely one i want to see tamora morrison get his just desserts on on a star wars series Mm. because i i feel like um uh he didn't get that from the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I, I would really like to, to see him given the opportunity 
to knock it out of the park, which I think we all presume and, and feel that he can. And watching him get to age up a little bit mm-hmm. and watching this connection between Rex and Ahsoka that was there in the animated series. Like that's something I would definitely want to see in live action. And yeah, I, I mean the, the Ahsoka series being connected to Clone Wars. I mean, that's, that ah, seems like a pretty yeah. obvious. Oh, what just no, happened? Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> um, that's, that seems pretty obvious that, that there would be a strong connection to, um, to the Clone Wars, um, yeah, I'm I'm of the Star Wars series coming down coming down the pipe like that. That is one that I am especially excited for. Like, are we gonna get to meet it? Are we gonna find Ezra? Like, that? and getting a live action Thrawn. I mean, this yeah. is a character that I first read about when I think I was in middle school with the Zon books. Oh yeah. So finally getting to see him in all his uh, blue skinned glory. I mean, that sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, another thing she talked about was the Mandalorian. She said, you're absolutely right when talks about talk about uh, Mando and his impervious armor. He's very strong in a Mandalorian culture. They're trained to be warriors, and so they can do that. But then that's where Bacta Spray comes in as well because he doesn't have a Bacta tank like Boba, but Bacta Spray is helpful. I've never heard of Bacta Spray, but you were absolutely right. In the Boba Fett season, Mando got sliced by the Darksaber, and then his leg was messed up. I was super excited to have that because I wanted to show he gets hurt and then heals from Bacta Spray. So we did see... Yeah, the back to spray, Laura. Is this a kind of a convenient thing that they added here to have the back to spray? I mean, I've seen a number of football slash soccer games where they apparently spray somebody and they fix a broken leg. But what do you think about this uh, whole situation with the back? You know, back back to spray is a convenient plot device in all of Star Wars. Going back to Empire Strikes Back and throwing Luke in there in the diaper, like I, I, this is it's always been a very con- convenient plot device. So this isn't anything new. The fact that we're using back to this way. In Star Wars. I will point out, though, that yes. in the High Republic era, Bacta has not fully been realized yet for oh. all of its healing properties. So when people okay. get injured, there's a little bit, there's some higher stakes. Okay. Um, so if that's something that you, if it's important to you that Bacta not be used as a plot device in Star Wars, <laughs> I recommend the High Republic. <laughs> um, also, this is really uh, odd that it came through. Apparently, there's an ad. No, it's Strawberry Jelly. With it's Dr. Normal, Strange and Dr. Har- David Harbour. But he's not using his Russian accent, so I was gonna say he's not playing his Black Widow character. What's what is this? <laughs> what is this? What are we seeing here? What do you think? Hmm. Do I mean, see... it looked like a detergent commercial. <laughs> <laughs> do we see? You know, do we see what's his face as one of the cameos uh, in Doctor Strange? Is that possible? Do we see him? Uh, Red Guardian. Red Guardian, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is where I think that two hour and six minute runtime comes into play. Like, I don't think you have the time to go and see every version. Doctor, <laughs> did he talk about me? I just want to know if he talked about me. Doctor That's Strange, cool. did he talk about me? <laughs> Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Captain um, America. <laughs> Multiple verses. Uh, um, Dom Gazalo. Hey, Tom, what's up? He says, uh, they have back to spread carbon health. Oh, Dom, always on point. Always on point. <laughs> Representing carbon health. Thank you, Dom. It's very kind of you. They do have back to spray at carbon health as well. All right. Uh, I think Philly G just donated some extra. Thank you, Doug. Philly G. Very kind of you. All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, 90 minutes is good here for uh, the Geek Buddies uh, with our special guest, Laura Kelly. Thank you all so much for joining us for this live Q&A. This was Shannon McClung's idea. He's like, let's do something fun with Vogel. 
uh, uh, out in Europe. Let's have some fun. And we came up with a Q&A, and uh, Laura was very kind to join us. So thanks to Shannon, and thanks to all of you for joining us. We had a lot of fun here talking about all these subjects, and thanks for uh, all your questions. It was a lot of fun to hear what you all want to talk about and uh, all, everything involved with that. And big thanks to Laura Kelly, who joined us. Laura, thank you so much. Uh, where can the people find you and everything you got going on? Thank you for having me back, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, you can come find me on Twitter at shutup underscore Laura. It's the same handle on Instagram. And you can find my podcast, Force Toast, a Star Wars Happy Hour, on all of the major podcast platforms. And the show that I host right here on John's network is uh, The Jedi Way. We'll be back at some point after Moon Knight with new episodes of The Jedi Way talking about fun, big picture concepts in Star Wars. Absolutely. And, we, and look, we're both going to Star Wars Celebration, uh, uh, right? And so... Uh, I am doing my damnedest to get us a spot on podcast row so that we can do a Jedi way from that area. I don't know if it can happen, but I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure it can happen. We shall see uh, overall. You never know with these things. Um, Shannon, much love to your brother, man. Uh, what do we have to tell him? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, the absent Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. And tomorrow, April 15th, Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City. All 40 episodes of our first season is dropping on Netflix. Hey! So if you would like to uh, support Mr. Vogel and, 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 and tangentially me as well, um, go ahead, hop onto Netflix and, uh, and, and crank through those episodes. They're only four minutes apiece. And uh, yes, this is a show that's directed at a younger audience, but there's some stuff in there that consistently makes me laugh. So I hope you all check it out. How many episodes? 40. 40 episodes at four seconds? 15 uh, times at four, four, four minutes. Uh, four minutes, sorry. Uh, uh, 40 episodes, four seconds, four minutes. Uh, it's not too bad. That could be done in the morning. You can finish, yeah. you can knock this whole thing out in a morning. It could. Like it, right? Because if 15 episodes at four minutes is 60 minutes, that's an hour. 15 times three is 45. You can knock this out in under three hours, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, just <laughs> putting that logic out there. Um, anyway, please remember to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell button here on the Outlaw Nation channel. We appreciate it madly. And don't forget, the Geek Buddies also have a podcast stream so everything you, if you want to re-listen to us or don't want to see our pretty faces, then you could definitely head on over there and subscribe to our podcast stream. And please subscribe anyway, just to support us and give us some love and get us more ads on those platforms so we can keep going and doing the Geek Buddies show. We'd appreciate it madly. This, will, this audio will probably be up a little bit later on tonight uh, or in the morning there for you all to listen to and enjoy as well. In case you missed anything in our back and forths on all the subjects we talked about as well. Shannon, is there anything else I need to tell them? Oh, make sure you hit a like on this video, share it on your social media, put that hashtag, the geek buddies and the hashtag, the outlaw nation, but you can fit it on there and leave a comment down below. Likes and comments, elevate the visibility. And in fact, as we're ra ra uh, wrapping up here, please hit a like on this video as we're wrapping up. Shannon, anything I, I, I missed out on here? No, I think, I think you nailed all the, all the Vogel points. You didn't, you didn't have crazy glasses on and go, Hey, you know, come see your buddies, the Geek Buddies. The Geek Buddies, right. That's a good that's point. That's good. That. Clarissa saying Roka math. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it works in my head. I mean, come on. <laughs> how I get to you know, don't ask me to explain it. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you much for joining us. And, and don't forget, to, tomorrow also the Geek Buddies will be dropping our spoiler review for Moon Knight, episode three. It's just Shannon and I handling it, doing uh, the uh, review for you uh, due to scheduling issues. Couldn't get everybody on board. So it'll just be me and Shannon doing it. So look out for that tomorrow a lot happened in that episode so we're going to break it all down for you all as well all right y'all take care of yourselves 
Be well, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.